in a world where achievements and accolades motivate us to do more and be more, we're often left wondering, is this really it? Deep inside, you know there is more to life. You're ready to leave behind the old push your way through and claim the deeper life that's calling you. That's where we excel. We're your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. And this is the Soulful Leader Podcast. Sit back and relax as we share the shortcuts we've uncovered to help you make shift happen. Welcome to the Soulful Leader Podcast. Uh, this is Marin, and I'm here with Stephanie. And yesterday we had our team meeting, and one of our wonderful team members, Marsha, and I were talking about how differently we all look at things and we work on things. So to give you some context, I was creating the January video for uh, the Soulful Leader podcast where you know, it's like kind of talking about my process of how I go about going back over January and looking forward into February. And I wasn't happy with it. And Marcia said, well, it's kind of like looking at it from the perspective of your duck, my duck. And I said, what? What does that mean? So Marcia explained, said, well, part of the reason that I wasn't happy with what I had created was because I was giving very explicit examples. And I know that when somebody was listening to that or watching it, they would think, oh, my, that's the way I'm supposed to do it. And Marsha, you know, the whole your duck, my duck thing, she's like, well, you know, like my duck is going to look completely different from your duck and one isn't right or wrong. And I really, that's become kind of our tagline now of like when, when we're thinking differently about something of like, is that a your duck, my duck? <laughs> so then Stephanie and I decided that like, that's a great place, especially as leaders, when, when, we're talking about, say, for example, a problem in our leadership or a, a problem that we're having with one of our team members, remembering that we're looking at it from completely different perspectives, that I might have one thing in mind. So as the leader, say, for example, I have an, a, 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 in mind that I wanted this person to do a certain thing. And the person that I wanted to, you know, my team member, they had in mind that they needed to get something done. And that may seem like, okay, we're having the same conversation. <laughs> the majority of times it's actually, we're not having the same conversation because they may be having a problem or issue that they're trying to explain. And I'm coming from the, well, is it done yet? Or it's like, it's completely, you know, it's like I'm seeing one thing and they're seeing another. And so how do we have a conversation with anybody? Because we all are only able to come from our own perspectives. You know, I think a lot of coming from our own perspectives and not opening ourselves wide enough to see that perhaps someone else might have a different, first of all, a different perspective. And not only a different perspective, but a perspective that actually opens up the broader vision of what is possible. And I, that's a real key for me too, because I was speaking with one of my colleagues today and, you know, she was talking about body work and, how, you know, how do I know what's my process of when I'm working with someone, like, how do I know where to go and how to work on this area or when I'm feeling something or seeing something or hearing something, you know, do I just give them the answer? Like, how did I find out the answer? 
And I said, well, I don't do any of that, actually. That's not even my process. My process is to be present and totally be in the not knowing. And why I say that is that when I get into my knowing self, (laughs) my figuring it out self, I actually get very narrow focus and I don't see the broad perspective. I don't see perhaps what is meant to unfold that is more magical. And I'm also coming from a place of fear of like, oh God, what happens if they don't, you know, they hired me for, you know, this, this session or this, this, this commitment. And I don't have the answers. We talked about that in our podcast. That does. It totally takes me back to, you know, it's like, that's how I was raised is that the people with the answers are the winners. Right. Which is total bullshit, frankly, <laughs> it because, is. because then I'm showing up in my ego, my caterpillar self, rather than in the possibility of transforming into a butterfly, which is more to me, I call as a butterfly freedom or unity self. And I need to surrender what I think I know. And I'm, I'm not saying, you know, because I'm not saying that you, you go in and you go, oh, I don't know anything and I'm a helpless, you know buttercup here, but you're not saying that. It's like absolutely knowing that the truth lies within each and every one of us. And that is going to look and feel and sound completely different for each one of us. So I want to go further into this because I think this is so important for us as leaders. And one of the things that we recognize is I want you all to think about somebody who is that somebody that you really respect. And, uh, you know, it's like, you're like, if you had a problem, you would go to that person. And I know for myself, the person that I would go to is not (laughs) the two people that I can think of, actually three people, all three of them, not, not one of them would give me the answer. It's not one of them, (laughs) which drives me crazy. Sometimes it's a both end, right? It drives my caterpillar self crazy because I'm like, (laughs) dang, I got to let go of this and I got to find the answer inside. Well, and the reason, there are two reasons that I can think of that they don't give me the answer. One of them is that that's the answer for them. Yeah. And this is, I think, a major challenge for where we are as a species right now is we're all trying to find the answer that somebody else found. And And we think there needs to be one answer or one way. Like I think of like the healthcare profession or, you know, we're, we're struggling right now in my, in my little area of trying to find more possibilities for how to do healthcare differently. And we think there has to be one way or one answer. There's a right way. I have to find the right way, the right way, the wrong way, the (laughs) only way, you know, the way it's like, oh, that's so limiting. Like, you know, I think there's so many possibilities. And if we can open up instead of the problem, like focusing on the problem all the time, what if we looked at possibilities and that all are true, all could be potential. We had done a couple of different podcasts talking about something similar. We had talked about an answer, like getting to an answer versus the answer, this, this belief that we have as a culture, that there is a single answer that is the truth for everybody. And what you were just talking about of like opening up the possibilities of changing a simple word from what should we do to what could we do? Because mm. if I think, what should I do now? I've got that pressure. It's kind of like what you were talking about with your, your healthcare professional. It's like, we think we should do something. We should fix somebody. We should help somebody. We should. It's, it's like, instead, if we could take a moment and just stop and say, what could we do? 
Mm-hmm. And the energy around that world is so different. And now it opens up multiple possibilities. And there are as many people as there are on the planet. That's how many <laughs> options that there are, like solutions. There are so many answers. And the answer that is right for me is quite possibly a, a different answer than is right for you. And the cool thing about it is the right answer that's right for me today may be a different answer than is right for me tomorrow or even in an hour. And in the quest, can we hold space for both? The both and. It's like, if you have a different truth than I, and I'm trying to get you to see my truth and you're trying to get me to see your truth and we're battling, we're not getting anything done, first of all. And we're definitely feeling caterpillar world and in being a victim and violating and, and rescuing versus saying, what if there was another way? What if both are true? And both, both are right for us. And is there, uh, I'm going to quote Rumi because I love Rumi, you know, beyond right doing and wrongdoing, there's a field. I'll meet you there. And that means going up to another level of consciousness where we can hold the space and the opportunity for both. So I love that visual of going up to another level of consciousness. And I literally think about the difference between, say, for example, you're on the first floor of a 70 floor building. Mm-hmm. When I go to the 20th floor, the view is completely different. Totally. And that doesn't make the person who's looking out the window of the first floor is saying, here's what I see. And the well, person and here's who's the, here's the looking out need, the window. You need to have a first floor on the 70th floor. You do. And, you know, there is a <laughs> view. Important. Out that win- yeah. There is a view. And there's a view, right? And so then the person who's looking out the, the window of the 20th floor, they're like, yeah, but that's not, that's not what's out there. There's, there's so much more out there. And the person on the first floor is going, no, there isn't both are right, Mm -hmm. you know, and the higher you go, and this is the levels of consciousness, right? The higher we go, the more we see and the more accepting that we can be of, Hey, you know what? All of those other views are also correct. And that's what I mean by there isn't a single answer. There are so many, and the higher we can raise our consciousness, the broader we can make our view. And this is what you were talking about of the difference between being a caterpillar and all you can see, your your feet are on the ground, you're really grounded. It's an awesome thing to do, right? You get to eat everything all day long and you don't have the perspective of the butterfly. And then and it's you, not wrong to be a caterpillar. It's a no, great it's life. Awesome. It's a great yeah. life. We just end up getting, because you know, it's like, we, we are all in this process of from going from caterpillar to butterfly and multiple times in our lives, mm-hmm. right? This isn't like a one-time thing. <laughs> we go through this regularly and each time we forget what it's like to be standing there with our wings drying, not knowing how to fly and thinking, if I could just go back. <laughs> yeah. And we can't. We can't. Know? We can't. We and guess really what? And we- exactly. Exactly. It's like we have a different view. So when you're on the 20th floor and you go, oh, I remember what it was like. And it's not to shame or belittle someone on the first floor because it's very oh. grounded. It's very grounded. It's, it's a totally, but you have empathy and you go, I totally see what you are seeing. I totally hear what you're hearing and I get what you're feeling because I also have been on the first floor. I know exactly what it's like. And the other thing the, is, the, but hold, and the part of it is, is like, can the person on that first floor create enough space? to also then presence the 20th floor for a moment, to open up, to let go of the right, wrong, good, bad, and say, hmm, 
what is it that you see on the 20th floor? And not to say take it as verbatim, because by the time that first, that person on the first floor goes to the 20th, it's going to be different for them too. But just to be open to the possibility that there might be another perspective, there might be another view. And I know we can get lost and be like, well, what floor are we on now? I don't know where we are. We're on the what? What building? And why are we here? Right. <laughs> but it's such an extraordinary opportunity to be present to where you are sometimes in different, sometimes you can feel like you have a higher view in relationship than you do maybe in business or mm. that maybe you're somewhere in the middle of that high rise on, on health, well-being for yourself, like we're finding life balance. Like we have all these different levels that we are going up and down all the time. We're not on one level all the time. And this is or why- in do, all area of, Or in all areas of Or in all lives. areas of life. And this is why we need others' perspectives. And so can we hold the both and? Can we hold of like not making it verbatim, not making it, I gave an example with my client um, or my, my colleague who was talking about body work and saying, well, how did you learn how to sense, you know, what's going on with someone's body? And, and I could be really informational about that, but honestly, it's like, I guess the, the answer would be practice and finding my own way to practice being present. And so why I said this to her is I said, my, my duck and your duck are different and it, that's good, but my duck or my belief is that if I can literally let go of my ego, of my old caterpillar self and be present to the possibility of what wants to happen, then things unfold differently. And if I tell my client, that's what this means. Like when I put my hands on and I feel this, this is what that means. That's only my interpretation. If I said to you, Marin, what does the color blue mean to you? Hmm. And you can all listen, you know, can kind of think about what blue means to you all out there listening too. And if you ask someone next to you or someone different and you say, well, what does blue mean to them? Chances are there might be some similarities, but there's going to be some differences too, based on your own life experience and your own, your own consciousness. And this is why uh, for me, I find it so the, the thing that I am working on this year is really developing a deepening of the conversation that I have with life and with spirit mm -hmm. for this very reason, because I love the information that I get from people, you know, when I ask my teachers and they have an answer or they, they make me find my own answers or whatever that is, the information is great. And there will be something that is specific to me that spirit is talking to me and it's unique to me. And each of us has that. We mm -hmm. all have our own unique conversation with spirit and there are guides and guideposts and mentors and coaches that can help us in that process of like discovering our conversation. And it's still our unique conversation. And so taking us back to the building, the beginning and to the building, <laughs> <laughs> taking us back to the beginning where we were talking about your duck and my duck and why I didn't want to give very specific examples of how I use my process is because I, I don't want somebody else to think, oh, I should be doing it like that. And 
again, I, I, I do see a both and sometimes it's good to know how somebody does something specifically, and then you can try it on for size and see what fits and what doesn't. When I was teaching dance, this is something that I did a lot when I was taking coaching from people because everybody teaches it differently. And it can make you nuts because you'll go to one teacher who's super successful and has their strategy and they'll tell you one thing. And then you go to the next teacher who's super successful and has their strategy. And literally they'll tell you something that completely counters what you just heard. You know, you should step and that, like, and now what, right now right, you're like, really exactly. Screwed. You should step heel toe. No, you should step toe heel. And I'm like, what the frick? Well, well who's right? Who's right? Yeah. And so one of the things that I always told my my students is go and get the information and try it on and see what fits. Like if you were going to go try on an outfit and you had like all the, the entire ensemble, you got the pants, you got the shirt, you got the jacket, you got the hat, you got the shoes, you got the underwear, the whole bit, right? And you tried it on and you're like, huh, the jacket doesn't quite fit, but I like the tank top. I'll keep that. The shoes are not for me. Maybe I'll keep the, you know, like <laughs> find what parts of it work for you. Mm-hmm. And then take those instead of we tend to have this, oh, I'm supposed to swallow the whole thing whole and like do it exactly like they do it because they're successful. You know, and and it's also the core belief that we have. It's like if I don't do it the way they taught me or the way they want me to do it, there must be something wrong with me or I need to fix. There's I'm broken. I And instead, like I said, you know, holding that possibility, is there a space where both can be true? And, and this is true in relationships too. I mean, I've encountered this so many times where people say, well, I'm not like it projects onto me of like, well, I'm not perfect or I, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm like, thank God. Thank God you don't do it my way because I'm taken. And so, you know, the way that I do it, it's like, I, 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 I enjoy meeting someone and experiencing someone who has a totally different way of doing something that works. That's beautiful for them. I think to, when two people come together with two different ways of doing it, it creates a third way that opens both to be able to transform out of that cocoon into a whole new butterfly together. Mm-hmm. And I, I encourage that. And it's like, if I keep, <laughs> it's just, it's such a symptom of our society of like right, wrong, good, bad, up, down, left, right. There's no space for me. There's no space for you. Um, and we've got to mm-hmm. figure things out. We've got to come up with the answers. I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of that. It's time to let that go. But in order to let that go, we've got to, we've got to surrender. That's a key word. We have to surrender into the unknown. And I'm going to use an example of surrender because many times we think surrender is about giving up or throwing in the towel or waving the white flag. And it's not. If you think of any great love story or a movie, you know, two lovebirds literally surrender into each other. Like you said, we were talking earlier, they fall in love. They fall into each other's arms. Why? Because they're surrendered. Why do you surrender? Because there's love. So when you can make love way more important than the fear that you're not good enough or that you have to prove yourself something or, you know, they have to fix something or they're not good enough or whatever, if you can surrender into the presence that there is a loving presence between what you're trying to create to do or what you're being asked to become or a relationship or anything, 
you fall into surrender, which is love. You fall in love and you rise in love. You go to another level on that high rise together. And that's the key. We're here to lift not only ourselves up, but in lifting ourselves up, we lift each other up. Mm. And my duck is different than your duck. So if I think, oh, well, my duck's better and I'm going to try to lift you up, that's arrogance. I'm not surrendering to the possibility that you have a completely unfold, a different unfolding than I do, and that together we can lift each other up to a whole newer, but I've got to surrender. I've got to let go of my caterpillar thinking and the right, wrong, and the separation and meet on a field, like Rumi says, I'll meet you on a field where we can transcend right or wrong or good or bad. So one of the things, like this is a lot of cerebral, cerebral information, <laughs> right? And it's good because one of the the studies that I had read at some point was like, we we make change in our lives much more quickly when we actually have the information and then we, then we get the practices or if we have the practices and we have the information when well, we have both, right. We understand why we're doing what we're doing. So the next step in this process is to have a practice that helps you to become aware. So we call those awareness practices. <laughs> We're very original like that. <laughs> <laughs> but if we just have the information, we don't make the changes. It stays up in our in our brains. And we that's that's one of the diseases of what we call high rational achievers, right? We're the go-getters with more information, the better, et cetera, et cetera. And and we get stuck going round and 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 round in that information and in our heads. So dropping out of the head and into the practice. And one of the things you mentioned is being in the unknown. For those of us, and I totally include myself in this, who are high rational achievers, the unknown is a very scary place. Only because, because we've been told. It's been scary. I've been trained mm -hmm. that information is the solution. And if I step away from the information, it's like I don't have an identity. I don't know who I am. I, 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 ah, what do I do with that? And that's the goal is actually to not have the identity. So a simple practice that you can do is literally if you take your hands and you put the your fingertips together. Okay. So if you make a little, you know, prayer or whatever with your your hands and you put your fingertips together or even your palms together, it doesn't matter. And you as your hands come apart, you be aware of the space that's between your hands. And the minute your brain starts to think of something else, you put your hands back together. <laughs> so you're just being aware of the space that's between your hands. And when your brain starts to wander someplace else, you bring your hands back together. And if you're going back and forth and back and forth, you're clapping for yourself. So that's not a bad thing. That's a great <laughs> thing. I love that. <laughs> Correct. Because, yeah, you want to celebrate small wins. And here's what those of us that are high rational achievers tend to do is like, oh, I got this. And we try it and it doesn't work and we're, we're like not getting it. And then we put it off to the side because we're not good at it. We're and not we perfect. Always, we we're stop not things perfect. that we don't get. Yeah. And I encourage you to stay with it. 
stay with it because that's the practice is staying with it when we're not good at it and it's okay. And you surrender the ego and you surrender the identity and you surrender the need to be perfect and all the right, wrong and good, bads, and you're just present in the moment. Thank you. And with a little love and humor goes a long way. Oh, huge. I mean, really there's love and there's fear. And if you're in a fear mode, it's always going to be a drama and a trauma. And you're always going to need to be fixed and you're always going to need to be fixing someone or rescuing someone or being a violator or feeling like a victim. That's how you know you're in, in fear. That's how you know you're in that ground level of the building. But if you presence love, like the surrender, imagine the two lovebirds literally surrendered into each other. There is nothing in the outer world that can touch them because they're completely embraced in love and they're safe and they're protected and there's no time. Like it, there's like time goes away. You have all the time in the world. We've all experienced that, right? Mm-hmm. When you're in love and you're in that like bliss state, you're like, oh, there's plenty of time. And there really is. And then all of a sudden, like life catches up to you again. You're like, oh, this is reality. What if the other was reality? Yeah. Ooh, that would be fun. So, so we'd be interested in hearing how you're going to practice how your process, what your process is, and what has worked for you in the way of unfolding and moving more into a presence of love and surrender into your timelessness. I'd love to hear that. I would too. Just so that you all know out there, we, Stephanie and I have started um, posting on our YouTube channel, the Soulful Leader Podcast. So our podcast is available on the YouTube channel. So you can see our little faces as we chat with each other, or maybe you just want to listen to the podcast. The other thing is that we're adding every month a our process video of like, how are we, what's our process for being in better communication, deeper communication in with life and with spirit. So if you have questions about that or that you want us to address or anything like that, we're doing short, you know, like five minute videos to address some questions. And to be honest, to help us stay accountable for ourselves. So please join us with that. And, you know, if we can help you be accountable, it would be great. We would love to be on that journey with you. So we'll look forward to seeing you next week on the Soulful Leader podcast and possibly on our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening. And that wraps up another episode of the Soulful Leader podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to dive deeper, head over to our website at thesoulfulleaderpodcast.com. Until next time.